0: Why are unreached people groups so hard to reach?
1: Unreached people groups include restrictive governments. They include dominant militant religions. They include these passionately resistant peoples. You know, even 30 years ago, I remember when I was first in this, there was a story related to me of a little Wisconsin church, but they had a missionary in North Africa and she was a midwife. She was home on her furlough and the newspaper came to cover the lady's missionary tea. They told her story in the newspaper. And literally 10 days after that was published, she was asked to leave this country.
0: An old friend from ABWE returns to the show. Stay tuned. Welcome to the Missions Podcast, the show that explores your hard questions on missions, theology, and practice to help goers think and thinkers go. I'm Alex Kochman, Director of Advancement and Communications with ABWE, joined as always by Scott Dunford, West Coast Advancement Coordinator and Pastor of Redeemer Church in Fremont, California. Scott, coming to us live from the Dunford Isolation Bunker in
2: COVID Jail. How are you feeling, buddy? I am feeling much better. Thank you. Thank you. I still have a couple days of isolation, but yeah, I got, I got COVID right before Thanksgiving and uh, it's a real real bummer. Mm-hmm. Thankfully, my symptoms were pretty minor, um, but yeah, missing out on Thanksgiving with your family and uh, my boys were home for college from college, that kind of mm. was disappointing, but when I think of how much worse other people have had it, I I have no reason to complain. So I'm glad to be able to be here and feeling good enough to do this. So we'll see how I am feeling by the end. If if you guys see me fall asleep, just carry on without me. Uh, It wouldn't
0: be the first time during a recording, (laughs) right? We won't name names of of guests. And speaking of not naming names of guests as well, um, our guest today will withhold part of his name, but Harry G returns to the show. Those of you who are within the ABWE ministry family know Harry G uh, and oversees a lot of our works in parts of Asia uh, working especially with Muslims, uh, with ABWE. But we've brought him on, and we'll in, uh, allow him to introduce himself a little bit more in just a moment to talk about an interesting topic, and, and unrelated to our introduction here, Scott, but um, uh, in the different churches that you and I have both had conversations work with and worked with, um, there's kind of a spectrum. One is sort of the wait-and-see model of, of missions sending, right? Let's see who happens to feel stirred, feel called, and come to us and ask to be sent and then we'll sort of go from there. Um, our president, Paul Davis, he jokes, it's it's the uh, anxious bench model, right? It's it's the Phineism mm-hmm. you know, sort of applied to missions, right? It's, it's that revivalistic, wait for somebody to feel prompted in a certain direction. And then the church just kind of comes alongside and sends them wherever they want to be sent. And then I mm-hmm. see other churches um, that want to be very specific and very targeted. Some that would say, hey, we only send missionaries to the 1040 window. And nowhere else. I've seen that a few times, Scott. Um, I imagine you've seen the same thing. I don't even know where, where does your
2: church fall on that spectrum. How do you want to send our own strategy? That's a good question. A little bit of both. I mean, there are there are some of. The, I said a little bit of both. I don't mean. I mean, do you framed it in such a way that made it sound horrible? Uh, but I don't mean it that way. I mean, we do have some people that just by not, ra-
0: not the ch- we'll take Charles Finney out of it. We'll take Finney completely out of it. There you go.
2: Yeah, when you load that when you load the front end of it, you kind of kind of don't give you much of a choice, but we do have some that we've inherited, and or some that have just been uh, missionaries by providence. You know that are related to family members in the church or have connections in that way. That that we send to places that probably wouldn't have been number one on our target prayer list. Um, but then also, you know, we've been thinking and praying because we're still a young church and just kind of launching some of our missions initiatives at, at our church. But really thinking through strategically what are the people groups even near us. So we've got, you know, two massive unreached people groups here in my little town of 300,000 people uh, with the huge Afghan population we have in Fremont which is kind of world-renowned and then also the a high level of Telugu speaking Indian people uh, Hindus mm-hmm. that are in our city so those are kind of our India and Afghanistan tend to be our focuses but then we also have these mm-hmm. providential connections so yeah it's a little bit of a you know it's it's not really a pure model and uh, when i talk to missions leaders and we do you know you and i do have people reach out to us and want to talk about missions and their strategy that tends to be kind of attention especially with churches that are established Is how do we be intentional and focused on people groups or certain areas of the of the world but also um recognize that that isn't always the way it isn't always so neat and clean What what do you guys do alex
0: Oh, man, I guess I should have been prepared for you to throw that back at me. No, but it, it actually is a combination, you know, as well. We have people that we support because of relationship, because of history there. Uh, this Christmas, we're actually working with Live Global, uh, which is an ABWE ministry, to adopt an unreached people group, though. So we're we're trying to be a little bit, um, you know, more strategic and focused towards unreached. But that's just us. Harry, um, why don't you introduce yourself again briefly, you know, fill in some of the gaps in, in my introduction of you. And why don't you share in answer to this question how you and your wife uh, were led or called or directed into missions? Because I think in some ways it's an answer to this question of geographic focus.
1: Yeah, I, I will do that. It's, it's great to be back with you both. Um, you're two of my um, most favored people. Uh, I appreciate you guys. I appreciate what you do here on the podcast. Harry um, doesn't
0: know many people.
1: Yeah. <laughs> I've been, uh, my wife and I have been with ABWE for over 30 years. Um, we've served in just unreached areas, uh, both in uh, practitioner and uh, overseer, um, and in uh, some strategy about how to, how to plant churches um, in unreached people groups. When we got into this, you know, unreached was a new term, yeah, we're that old. And, um, you know, we thought uh, based upon the model that everybody coming into missions um, needed to have a country they were going to. You know, um, we're on one end of a spectrum. Um, You know, my call was just a very simple thing. I just said to God, I'm really willing to go. I don't see many people that are willing. I'm really willing. If you'd have me, you know, lead us in that way. And uh, that's how my wife entered and my wife and I entered into missions. We had churches that uh, recognized a call. uh, And I think that is essential. You've got to have a church that recognizes that call. And when we got the place of picking a mission board, it was looking for the right country. And we realized we didn't know the right country. We didn't have a right country. We had been on two strategic short-term trips of about two months each, really looking at at different places in the world. And a friend of ours um, said to us, hey, you know, I know you're worried about this, but do you think God has an answer for you? And we're like, "Uh, yeah, duh. Yeah, he he knows where he wants us. And um, she said, you guys just need to take some time and fast and pray about this and just get close to God and see what he does. And so we did that. We we hired babysitters so we could go away for, you know, like four hours at a time over six months. And at the end of that, God didn't give us a country. He gave us three principles, three ministry philosophies that have guided us in every step of our ministry since. First was that we should concentrate on unreached people. Like I said, that was a new concept for us, and it just made sense to us to go to places where... People didn't hear, hadn't had the opportunity to hear. The second was a little bit deeper. We had some skills, and we wanted to go where other missionaries couldn't go. Um, And that would be our definition of unengaged now, you know, places where other missionaries weren't welcome and couldn't go. And the third was just out of the blue, was just to be entrepreneurs, to go to pioneer works, to to frontier works. And uh, that's what God has done, uh, you know, in our lives from— from uh, some different geographical areas of the world and so that's how we got into it and and we appreciate god giving us principles and and philosophy that that really have guided every step because we've been in like five six different places
2: and you really have uh, i wish we could talk about all the places you've been and are still going uh they're not, let's just say they're not the easiest places in the world. And uh, (laughs) the Lord's really blessed you and your wife and your family and uh, been able to see, you know, God do some great things. I'm sure you get this question a lot. I know it's a question that I've received and I'm sure Alex has as well, but when you have someone come to you and, you know, maybe they're just sensing God's work in their life uh, or maybe as a pastor that reaches out and says, Hey, we're, we're praying and thinking about, about people groups. How do you determine and who are we even to decide if a people group is strategic or not? When you're when people mm. are thinking about where to go, I mean, do they need to think about a geographic region? Do they need to think about about peoples? Um, how do we determine strategy? And uh, is that even a, a good question to be asking? Is that a biblical concept? How, how do we decide that? Or how do you encourage young people or older people or churches? I guess I could brought into anyone who asked you that question. Uh, how do you decide whether something's strategic or not?
1: Yeah, I just had a pastor uh, ask me that very question uh, in the last month. And we spent uh, some time on the phone and in emails, et cetera. You know, when you say strategic, I think we have to then go to what definition of strategic? I mean, you know, what are you thinking at that point? And we can be all sorts of ways of strategic, you know, there's anywhere from 17 to 24,000 people groups in the world, depending on what definition you have and like 7,500 unreached people group. And those also depend on definitions. So you get into, into parsing some, some things out, but, you know, big broad areas of strategy, you know, if, if there are open areas to go to, what type of ministry are you going to have there you know are you going to be training leaders are you going to be looking to to have people feel the same weight and responsibility of the great commission that you do i think that's our goal that people have that same weight and responsibility so open areas are you stressing that are you are you uh, training those leaders to be able to go closed areas you know, you're talking about people that have never heard anywhere in between uh, part of it is goes back to the individual. how did God gift them? you know what what are their strategic gifts and uh, and what do they want to be able to do in a ministry opportunity so I think there 's just this all sorts of questions to to really like listen to people and and to try to parse out but I think the bible's really clear on this one you know it 's like all nations so so we don 't you know we can 't exclude some or include others uh in in that category it's all and we have to realize that it's going to take all of us to do that you know none of us can reach all of those places we we need everybody in that from open to closed to anywhere in between as well
0: so on one level the conversation we're having though is a little bit of a privileged conversation because we're talking about what what kind of missionaries do we as uh, recruiters, mobilizers, uh, church leaders, pastors want to raise up, when I know for many that are in smaller churches and smaller ministry contexts, the question is boy, it would just be great to send a missionary somewhere, right? And so um, are, are we are we overthinking it a little bit? you know, is is part of it the fact that there's just a lack of of kind of that pioneering spirit that I think we saw, you know early in the missions movements in the, in the 19th century? Are, are, are we lacking that sort of missionary zeal within the church? And if so, what do we do to catalyze that?
1: Wow. Uh, you know, I think that, that that's a, a big question that that I have actually thought about, Alex, and, and wondered how much our culture uh, dictates what we do, how much our our risk taking, non risk taking behavior, uh, in in our present culture dictates some of the things we do. But you know, get it's getting back again to to God's uh, design in this that, that churches are the ones who send. So our churches being intentional in preparing people. Our church is being intentional in gifting that missionary spirit. You know, I, I've sat in really good churches and there was a sermon I heard about what profession young people can go into. And, you know, I was sitting there waiting and waiting and waiting. And in a church, missionary was never even mentioned pastor was not even mentioned in that long list that was given and you know over the years you know when i was a young person in churches i'd hear a missionary like once a month because you know i'm in church three times a week and you know that's not something culturally that we're doing anymore either and that's you know that's not here or there i'm not i'm not saying one was better or one was not but i don't think that we get to have the role model of missionaries presented to us. Um, And uh, for me, that role model, actually, I didn't come to Christ till I was 19. So I didn't sit in Sunday school and listen to all these things or anything else. But I got dumped a couple books into my lap. And they were about missionaries and my word, my heart was taken. And I just kept reading and looking at these people and just going, God, if I could do that, I would just be so willing. Would you have me do that? So I think we intentionally have to put things in people's hands and and some role models, even if their books are are great ways to go.
2: Yeah, That's, that's great, because it's, it's the truth. I remember I was thinking about this as we were talking, being a little boy. In rural Wisconsin, there was no other Baptist churches within 30 miles of us. I thought everyone that grew up in Wisconsin was Lutheran. And uh, I thought we were just some kind of weird Baptist cult, um, which maybe was the <laughs> truth. I, uh, but we had a picture on our wall uh, in our in our church. And it was a, a lady in our church and uh, that I never met before. And she was a missionary to Africa. And I remember it was a, it was put in a place of prominence. And it was, she was our missionary. That was the, the the young woman from our church that had been sent out and served, serving overseas. And it was, it was one of those things that as a boy was put in front of me as something that was aspirational and something that our church was proud of and uh, that we, we, we were encouraging. And even though long process before we ended up getting involved in ministry Early on, those ideas were kind of put in, in our head as as important things. And and it's important as pastors that we think through how to re-engage that imagination, even of our young people, of this is a high and worthy mm-hmm. and a good thing, even though our world more and more is saying this is, I've, I've had it even in my Twitter account, you know, like, yeah, you know, I'll comment on some social ill and like, who are you to speak? You know, you're a colonizer. I'm like, well. I've never started a colony or anything close to that, but um, (laughs) (laughs) I'm certainly not colonialistic in my mentality or my approach, but you know, that's the way our world is right now. And um, you know, we have to, we have to be dealing with that, but also, you know, fighting against that through the way we go ahead and and do things. Uh, One of the things that I've, you and I have always enjoyed talking about is unreached people groups. It's always been an area of focus for you uh, within ABWE and even in the way you're ministering uh, currently, but we also you also grew up in a environment and were part of a ministry environment that didn't always emphasize that it was t- tended to emphasize more of geographic locations. You know, what country are you going to? And now it's changed to what people group are you going to, or what language group you're going to? How. Why why do you think that um even still with all the information we've got it's been a long time since uh Luzon and uh mm-hmm. all of the discussions about unreached people groups uh why do you think that it's still something that doesn't get talked about enough why don't unreached people groups and unengaged people groups get more attention
1: uh, uh wow that's that's a, a really good thought and a really good question um from i think it has to do with those of us serving In unreached people groups. We don't want our names out there. You know, I mean, you just listed me as a last initial. Uh, If you Google me, you don't find much on me. We've been trying to fly under the radar for a long period of time because... Unreached people groups include restrictive governments. They include dominant militant religions. They include these passionately resistant peoples. And, you know, even 30 years ago, I remember when I was first in this, there was a story related to me of a little Wisconsin church. Uh, It might have been your church, Scott, for all I know. (laughs) Um, But they had a missionary in North Africa, and she was a midwife. And she was home on her furlough and uh, the newspaper came to cover the ladies' missionary tea. Okay. And they told her story in the newspaper. And literally 10 days after that was published, she was asked to leave this resistant country. Now that was back in the days of print stuff. Mm. And she got thrown out of a country because of, of, of something, a local paper had had published on wow. her now we have something called the internet much more intrusive uh there's a way to to get at all this information and so uh the, the places that i get to be involved in even on our own website in in abwe we don't advertise much we don't put out there and so it's got to be more word of mouth that pastor i mentioned that i talked to a month ago Uh, He was basically saying, I don't know much about this. I don't even know if ABW does this at all. I was like, well, yeah, we do. And we do a lot of it. And we've done a lot of it for a lot of years. But yeah, you haven't heard about it, because it's not on our web page. And Um, So I think part of it is just us that are involved in this, that we don't want our names out there. We don't want our ministries out there. We could get shut down. Uh, People can get killed. People uh, and those people that get killed are usually our national partners. Uh, They get imprisoned. We just get asked to leave these countries. Um, So it's a protection, I think, that we don't talk about it as much. And that would be from my side of it. I want to talk about this all the time you know uh i think probably there's a, a a a good number of people that that just don't have an interest in this either they haven't heard of the 1040 window or they're tired of hearing hearing about the 1040 window there's other needs and you know you know the old saying the need does not represent the call it doesn't it, it really doesn't and so there are just a multiplicity of messages out there as well but I think it's mostly from the side of the people who are doing the ministry that we don't have as clear a picture possibly and and when we can get in front of people um, i always gauge my audience Uh, when i'm in front of people face to face i say about anything i can talk about national partners i can talk about ministries i can talk about what god is doing but as soon as i have a different medium like print or something like that now i've got a you know, make it more ambiguous uh, and less recognizable. Um, the emotions and the story still get out, which is great. And so a lot of things that are published in ABWE, you don't even know they're from the area of the world that I oversee. And and still the story got out of what God right. did. And that's, that's what we want to get out.
0: Well, and I think even the idea of unreached people groups, again, because we're talking about this and the three of us do this, um, full time, or or not quite full time, but part time. Um, in Scott's case, but we're we're all about this. Uh, we forget that that's not a well known concept. Uh, when people ask me what I do, I, I have to explain. Well, I work for a missions organization. Did you know that you know actually about a third of the planet has never even heard of Jesus, or if they've heard of Jesus, maybe they've heard of him in the same way that you or I have heard of you know Confucius. Oh yeah, he was that guy, right? That had some wise sayings one time. And I, I, helping people to understand that, that that the name of Jesus has not spread everywhere in spite of how much of that we take for granted. You know, we assume that this is a Christian country, all those sorts of assumptions that go into it. But you mentioned something you said pretty firmly. You repeated it. You said the need doesn't constitute the call. Um, I, I understand what you're getting at there. I think that could also use some unpacking. So let me just ask you, mm-hmm. what does the scriptures say about extending the gospel into some of these new and hard contexts?
1: Yeah, I, I mean, it, that does deserve some unpacking, because I think people feel guilty when they hear multiple needs and they want to go and reach every one of those places. And, and you can't. And that's really what we need, me, mean, I think, by the need doesn't constitute the call. But the need does inform the call. And the need, you know, was a major catalyst for my wife and I to go somewhere. Um, and so I, I would say, you know, there's some well-recognized places in the word. The Great Commission is one. It talks about all nations. Acts 1.8 talks about from Jerusalem to the, the the uttermost parts or the end of the earth. And Romans 15, uh, 20 through 22, here's Paul talking about, I, you know, I've been prevented from going to you for a long time because of these needs. And now I can get out there and really go to these unreached spots. So I think the Bible does make it very clear that there's no place off limits. We shouldn't exclude any spots. And to me, The way my logical brain works, and this isn't scriptural, but it's just my logical brain. If there's a greater need somewhere, that's the place I want to be. I took, oh, boy, it was a privilege, a great privilege, when I would read the Word of God uh, in a public place, and I could do that in the first unreached place I was, uh, and people were hearing it for the first time. I mean, you know, that privilege that God gives to share the word with people is just an unbelievable privilege. And my mind goes there of where's the greatest need and, and shouldn't we be concentrating on places where we can help in that, in that big need. And there's just massive need all over the world. Alex, you mentioned it, like 40% of the world's population really doesn't know of Jesus. And we're talking 3 billion some people. Uh, that's a massive need and, and something that, yeah, we got to unpack that need and call but but i uh, hopefully i did that a little bit there
2: i was thinking a few things you see some different examples in scripture you know one was the the just the strategy of paul that he kept, kept wanted to keep pressing to places where there was no foundation laid and we do see that but he also had like some very pragmatic strategy of you know going to places where there was large jewish communities since tar- targeting those places first targeting large cities but then there was also that that we would say subjective but it wasn't subjective to paul where you know he gets this vision from god to come to macedonia and he changes his plans and goes there so i do think we see in scripture Planning and strategy and execution of that strategy, and then you also see that mystical response to God blowing up your plans and and redirecting you in a different way. Um, but it really was focused on building a, a strategic initiative to to really hit certain places first, and then see the gospel spread from there. And it was you know, largely effective. And that's what the book of Acts captures, the work of the Holy Spirit and moving, but also the obedience of God's people and the intentionality of God's people and taking the gospel in, in very intentional, strategic, specific ways and watching how that how that unfolds. Those are just some of the examples, I think, that came to my mind as I was thinking through this. I'm sure you guys have some more, um, but any response to that?
1: You know, I love the way you unpack that, Scott. And, you know, what we do takes teams of people. What we do should be in strategic areas. Um, you know, when I look at something like medical missions, um, you know, if you can imagine three interlocking circles, like we usually see the Trinity. Uh, In And one circle is medically underserved people, a billion and a half people around the world, you know, don't have a doctor or medicines or a hospital nearby or anything like that. Three billion are unreached and three billion are in restricted access countries. Now, when you look at the center where all those meet, it's a billion people that Mm -hmm. are medically underserved, unreached in restricted access countries. To me, that constitutes a strategic need that we should think about. Just like you said, you know, should we do urban areas or rural areas, or you know, et cetera? It, it also gets into, you know, Paul had a team, he had a plan, he he worked that plan. Today, you know, we talk about platforms, and and they're they're legally entry areas of visas. They're an identity for that person and they're a way to make relationships. And those are the strategic things we look at too. So, you know, where does that happen and how does that happen? Sometimes it's the country, sometimes it's the people that are going to serve. So I think a lot goes into this, but, but you going back to the book of acts. Yeah. I mean, that's, that's right on target.
2: And even practically speaking, and I think we've talked about this before, but I pastored in Michigan, feels like lifetimes ago. But, you know, in our church had a large legacy of missions. Uh, in fact, many ABWE missionaries were sent out from, from our church and are still serving from that little church. A small church, you know, a lot, of, a lot of issues that had happened over the 175 years uh, when, that, that they celebrated when I was there. And we had these discussions as we were talking about unreached people groups and trying to focus on that a little bit more because uh, we had a pretty large missions budget for the size of our church and and as we as i began thought, thinking about it and praying it really two categories came to mind for me that i think even helped for abwe and that is the idea of pioneering work which is what we're talking about today but also legacy work and mm-hmm. um and the importance of of understanding the role of legacy ministries that sometimes in the effort to quickly get out to more unreached places, we can abandon, you know, the, the, The job that we have now, it's kind of like, you know, the parent, you know, if if Alex were to get overwhelmed with the need of orphans and abandon his family to go start an orphanage, well, that would not be responsible given the fact that he's got three little children at home that really need him and he's been given a legacy to fulfill before he can think about orphan care. Um, and so, you know, the, the thinking about how we, we handle the stewardship that God's given us. And so sometimes you see missionaries serving on mature, maturing fields and they're seeing the churches strengthened. They're seeing leaders empowered. And then you're seeing that next wave of, of missions coming out of those churches. And we're seeing that in the ABWE world and in the mission world uh, in general. And I I love that. And I think we need to also champion that. Um, But it, it can go hand in hand with giving this vision for there still are more unreached places Uh, And and making sure that that's still part of our strategy without feeling defensive, because I do hear that sometimes, too. Mm -hmm. Like if you're serving in a mature field or a maturing field uh, that you feel like, well, why are they always talking about these places? We've got lost people here, too. Well, you know, I I get that. But it's a difference between serving for me, serving in Michigan, where we had a lot of good churches and serving here, where I feel like. (laughs) You know, there there are some other good churches. They're all about 20 people. And there's, you know, millions and millions of people coming into this place that don't have any access to the gospel or they should not say access to the gospel. They don't have any understanding of the gospel. have never heard it. There's a difference in kind of ministry. Alex, you want to jump in on that?
0: Yeah, I, I, there's a lot of things that go into it. You know, a need is part of the call, but the need is not the call alone. I think of strategic need. Uh, and what I hear when you say that is that there are, there are needs that we might be uniquely equipped to meet. There are plenty of needs that we can't necessarily meet, right? There are certain countries that we simply can't get into. We can't even move funds in in and out. What, what do we do in that case, right? Then there's other needs that seem strategic that we might actually be poised to meet or meet with some help. So, Harry, part of this is you've been leading an initiative within ABWE over the last uh, year or so, to highlight some new places of strategic need and to draw attention to those and invite churches to be a part of the sending process to pioneer some new works. So tell us about that.
1: Yeah, Alex, I'm, I'm really excited um, with this direction. It, uh, this has been uh, already a two-year project, um, and I've been uh, involved in leading it maybe over the last six to eight months or something like that. But what it's called is the Open Initiative. Uh, And the basic thought is that we would like to open seven unreached fields over a, a specific time period. From the beginning, it's seven years. Now, whenever we talk about this, we have to be quick to say, hey, we've already been doing this. I mean, ABWE has 150 missionaries serving in unreached areas and it's been for over 60 years and there's been hundreds of churches planted. There's a wealth of experience within ABWE, but uh, the focus now is on opening unreached areas. And uh, and so this has been a long process of praying it through, uh, of actually developing criteria of the most strategic spots that we think are, are really um, good places to concentrate our efforts on. And it's not just about opening uh, new places. You you mentioned something, Alex, way early in this um, podcast uh, about uh, igniting a missionary spirit or restoring a missionary spirit, and we would like to see uh, Great Commission thinking ignited and and trying to put words to that. I think restoring a missionary spirit is a really good one that that we want churches intentionally thinking about missions, uh, about places from right in their neighborhood to way across the ends of the earth uh, and and elevating that that thought process. And so we're seeing it within ABWE in every one of of the areas, the geographic areas that that we're serving in, um, that that we've picked uh, unreached spots to, to concentrate on. And uh, we've been preparing the groundwork, and, and we'll have a, a, a pretty big opening of this in January where out on our website and other places, uh, this information you know will, will be out there. And so what else can I paint for you here? I, I've kinda, I've kind of rambled on there, and, and I know you asked me a specific question. I'm trying to grasp it right now.
0: Well, how does um, someone who's in a church, someone who's discerning their call, maybe pastors or senders, or or maybe somebody that is in the position of, hey, where do I go? You know, how do they enter into that? You know, there there are certain fields that you guys have highlighted, and maybe you want to get into some of the ones that we can talk about without having too many security concerns. But yeah, you know, I, I think part of the challenge there is that we're we're an agency, we're not the church, that the right. discernment has to happen within the local church. So how do those two pieces come together?
1: Yeah. uh, You know, we do want to have the conversations, Alex. And so that would be with um, executive director level, even vice presidents, presidents, mobilization, anybody in between. Uh, We'd like to draw people into that conversation. And so, uh, you know, as we are going to be um, making this more open, we'll be contacting churches. We'll be, putting the message out in social media, uh, we're hoping that people will then have a conversation with us. Because in that conversation, then we can describe these places more fully. And, and I can give you a preview of those six spots that we have chosen already. There's a seventh yet to be determined. But they go all the way from uh, you know, this hemisphere, and we're looking at the Caribbean Basin and unreached people groups there, uh, to then Europe and Africa. We're looking at Syrian refugees all over the Middle East and... And, and Europe. We're looking at the Fulani people uh, that spread uh, across West Africa. We're talking 15 nations there. And mm-hmm. then we're looking at two um, will-be unnamed uh, people groups uh, in South Asia, um, and then uh, Tokyo, Japan, uh, Japanese second largest unreached people group in the world. And, and actually, Christians in Japan are decreasing in number. Over the last years, and so a great yeah. need there, and so we would like to be more specific then and, and to talk about that with pastors. I, I mentioned that phone call I had with a pastor. he just wanted to know about Unreached and then we talked to about the open initiative as well. but you know I think it's getting into a conversation uh, with us uh, and, uh, and just you know let's get some information out there and, and let's get you praying and, and thinking as a church and, and as a individual.
0: And it's clarifying for a church too, just to have that in mind, just keeping that in front of us at all times, that there are not only great needs globally, but that there are still these people groups that have little to no gospel witness. They haven't even been given the choice to what to do with Jesus, what to do with the gospel yet. Um, if if anything can heal a sick church, it's that missionary diet, right? That That quote that we've gone back to time and again. And so uh, abwe.org slash open, that is the place where they can put their email and sign up for updates as we get some of this ready, as your team uh, gets some of this ready as well. But Harry, what, what would be a final maybe word of advice or counsel to someone who's just discerning a call? Um, and, and I know the word call has so much baggage there. So maybe just discerning the Lord's leading, uh, hmm. but someone who feels open-ended. I, I have a heart for missions, but I, you know God hasn't given me a where. You know, and and regardless of our programs within ABWE, what would be your counsel to that person?
1: I would say to them, they need to go to God, uh, and and they need to go regularly and often. Um, the other thing we did is we gathered people around us that would pray for us as well from our church, mm. and so we we specifically went to church leadership and said, "Would you please pray about this for us? Are we?" missionary material and where. Uh, so I would say, gather those people around you and go ask God and God will give you answers. Uh, that, that's something that, that he promises. And so um, those would the, be the, the two places that, that I
0: would uh, advise. That's good. That's helpful. Scott, any closing thoughts?
2: no I, I I love this conversation, and I just think as pastors uh we need to lean into it and we I realize we're busy. We've got a lot going on, you know you're doing your annual budgets and planning Christmas parties, but we need to take that time to really be thinking and praying through. How do we lead our church to think about the nations and making sure that we're not just, you know, hey, let's hope ABWE or IMB or Pioneers or some other great organization out there is is doing the work for us. We need to be praying and thinking and leading our people to think these specific ways because it'll also encourage them to think about the neighbors that they have in their own community that are part of these unreached people mm-hmm. groups. And I think the two foreign missions and home uh, evangelism, those two things can, can go hand in hand and really spark our churches to do what God's called us to do in the task of the great commission. Well, amen. We need to keep that in front of
0: us. If you want to get in touch with Harry, please email alexadmissionspodcast.com. We will vet contacts. We'll we'll send them through. um, We'll handle that sensitively. But thank you for listening today. To get more content, go to missionspodcast.com. Remember to share the episode with a friend, leave a positive review and a five-star rating that helps us get this content in front of others who can be blessed by it. And you can support the show as well. Admissionspodcast.com slash support. Of course, it's that time of year and The Missions Podcast is a ministry of ABWE. And so we appreciate all of your faithful support and your prayers. And until next time, thank you for listening.